what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the MCU Reviewed. We've got a big one for you today. Uh, a, a movie that has brought so many people to love the superhero genre that introduced it to to so many fans. And in its time was, was the biggest uh, crossover event uh, of its generation. Only for a few years later uh, to be become even more expansive and, and more larger and more... Uh, meaningful. We're talking about Marvel's Avengers from 2012. Uh, super excited to talk about the movie here today. I'm Josiah Leroy. With me today, John Fick, Mr. Disruptoid. John, how you doing tonight? I am so excited to talk about this movie. This is the first one that I've watched twice before I review. I watched it last night and had a great time, went to bed, woke up today, and put it right back on. <laughs> there we go. Also joining us, my good friend, Rashawn Anderson. Rashawn, how are you doing this fine evening? You know, I could be better, but the Avengers always puts me in a better mood. Talking some Avengers, man. Let's get into it. Yes, sir. We got some stuff to talk about here. Totally with you there. Well, so you may notice, uh, you know, unfortunately, we are missing our, our buddy Dell. Uh, Dell was unable to join us for this show, so I'm repping with my 26 year tat. Uh, as always, the MCU Reviewed is presented by our friends over at Fantastic. Uh, they make geeky themed shirts. They sell these on a week to week basis. Uh, limited edition run t shirts and proceeds go to families in need, individuals in need, and charities uh, around the, the Western New York area and beyond. So, uh, as we mentioned, we're talking Avengers. Here's the here's the case I got. There we go. Kind of uh, you know, nice little colorful one for the the viewers at home on that. Clean, clean, clean. Absolutely, one of one of my favorite ones in the Blu-ray collection that I've got going on. Uh, but why don't we intro this? Uh, just we'll get into some of the nitty gritty and go through some of our individual notes. We'll talk box office numbers. We'll watch the trailer all together. But first reactions what does this movie mean to you what what do you think when you see uh 2012's the avengers john you just saw it twice so why don't we start with you yeah i can't believe how well this movie holds up it is just so much fun i, I mean even after seeing movies like infinity war and endgame that just up the scale times 10 times 20 whatever you want to call it it's just so fun to see them pull this off um and it's impossible to watch this movie and not think about the way you felt when you first saw it and just be amazed that they pulled off all these different characters. They brought them all to the forefront and they made you care about every single one of them in the, in this movie. We already had a couple of solo movies for, for most of the, the good ones, but they, they brought you in with these new storylines in this film. They created conflict right away. And then there we go. Avengers assemble those moments, man. It was just, it, it holds up so well. I love this movie so much. It's hold up well. And it's funny because I didn't think it would, uh, especially as we get further on from 2012 and its release and then seeing a movie like Infinity War and then Endgame. Uh, it's almost like a superhero origin movie, but for the team that is the Avengers. Sure. And in that way, it is because they come together, they they meet each other, they they learn and they start, um, in many cases, their, their relationships together. So uh, as I mentioned, it brought so many people uh, to the theater for the first time and really got uh, fans in, involved with Marvel. Rashawn, why, uh, why don't you give your thoughts, your two cents here on everything that is marvel's 2012 avengers yeah man like i don't even know where to uh where to begin here this this movie started so much like obviously it was the culmination of the mcu up until that point um but when you think about what this movie did like this movie in my opinion uh 
rivals some of the impacts, like some of the biggest film impacts in history. You go back to whether it's the Lord of the Rings trilogy, you look at the original Star Wars trilogy, uh, The Godfather and what that did for uh, mafia and crime movies and stuff like that at that time. Like this movie rivals the impact that some of those films had, like because of this film. Everyone wants a shared universe now, still to this day, years later, everyone wants a shared universe. Everyone wants to, you know, have these characters and have a meet up and team up and do something um, and whatever franchise that is. Uh, and we've seen franchises, you know, come up and not succeed to the level of Marvel. Nobody has, but have, you know, succeeded in their own way. And we've seen other franchises that have tried to do the same thing and just crumble at the seams, whether that's comic, other comic book uh, franchises or even, you know, things outside of that. One, you know, that that comes to mind is like the uni uh, universal monster movie mer uh, universe that Didn't they tried doing. <laughs> exactly. Right. Like not yeah. like not everything is meant for a shared universe. So that was the that's a uh, big point. Number one for me. And the, and the second point um, is this also. More movies later, I think, solidified it in MCU. But again, this movie showed that it was possible. Oh, those comic book movies, those aren't just gimmicks. Those can actually, like, have, like, make me as an actor have a career. Like, now all the big actors, or most of them, want to be in a comic book movie, right? Um, if you're a director or, or a writer, unless you're Martin Scorsese, you want to be a director of one of these big budget uh, comic book movies from Marvel, or even if you got to go to you know DC and Warner Brothers, you want to do these comic book movies to help make your impact. Because years later, this is still we're still in the golden age. We're still in a time where these movies have a huge impact. So um, this movie not only changed the game for the MCU, like we're going to talk about in this video, uh, but it changed the game for Hollywood. Period. And you know we'll we'll be talking about that. Uh, the effects of this movie as we, you know, keep going with these episodes here week after week. I no think this was, uh, and all that is uh, totally spot on, Rashawn. I couldn't agree more. Uh, it was such a phenomenon. Uh, and it, to me, it kind of, I don't know, I wouldn't say that it necessarily kicked off, but it definitely took what I consider to be the golden age of superhero movies to a new level. Um, and it's, it's really at the heart of it because this, this was the, the first uh, Marvel movie that I saw numerous times in theaters. This was the one that got me talking with all my friends about it when I previously had not been a, a comic book movie or comic book guy really at all. And I, the fanfare and the fun around it, it's, it was just, it was a cultural event to kind of be able to go through it. Like I, John and I often reminisce about 2015 with force awakens with star Wars and how much fun it was. And star Wars was back. And in our opinion, how, how well they, they nailed that movie. And it was just a special time to be a star Wars fan. This is kind of how I felt in, in jumping into the, the MCU and knowing that I wanted to watch all these movies and I'd be buying a ticket from here on out. Like I knew whatever was was in its footsteps, I'd be going to the theater pretty much on day one to go see it. And I think I just about have. So I can't say enough about it. We'll we'll get into it here as we go through and uh John will we'll pull up the box office numbers in just a second. But uh Rashawn, you you even mentioned how all these big name established uh Hollywood actors and actresses wanna be in these movies now. Uh directors, writers, they want their their hands on these projects. It's totally 
incredible to see. And I've often wanted to put together a list. I'm sure it's on the internet somewhere. If you just Google it. But for the Geekiverse, just literally like anyone who's been in any of these Marvel movies that is a recognizable name, whether they were established already or this movie kind of took them to a new level. It's probably mind-blowing to see all of the the incredible like A-list people that have been in these movies and to see the A-listers and, and well-known names that we're going to get in MCU movies. A lot more to come. As we move forward. So it's just, it's so awesome. And it's a celebration of, of everything that I think we love when it comes to pop culture. This for, is for me too. Like this movie got me is what launched my, I mean, I always had a love for film, but in terms of my, going deeper into it, looking at, again, directing, writing, behind the scenes stuff, looking into actors' careers, you know, this movie helped get me into that. Because again, like you mentioned, you know, you got actors like Mark Ruffalo, Scarlett Johansson, Chris Evans, uh, Robert Downey Jr., Samuel L. Jackson. So, I mean, the list goes on and on here. This movie, I remember (laughs) after that, I'm like, man, I want to see what this actor did and what they, what they, what other projects they did before this, or, oh, they are saying this actor is going to probably be this character in a future Marvel movie. Let me look at that actor and see what they, and it just stemmed my love for film or expanded upon it um, to where obviously I get to, you know, talk on a show like this, but um, man, this is, again, it did so much for the industry and for me as well. It's funny because I, you know, we, it, in looking ahead to all the movies we've been talking about so far on the MCU reviewed, I I've enjoyed being able to do all of these because the Geekiverse didn't exist yet when uh, Avengers originally came out. And to be, this one was kind of circled on my calendar to be like, all right, we kind of, we finally get to have an on-screen discussion about one of the, the movies in, in this MCU and in general, that is just so important to me personally in my fandom and my establishing my passion for so many things. So I, I'm so happy that we have we get to have this discussion today, um, John. Uh, so the movie released, if I recall, in May 2012. That's Do we correct. know the uh, uh, box office numbers for for what this this run had involved? We do. So uh, as of right now, through the movies we've done, Iron Man 2 is the leader with 624 million in the box office. Avengers did 1.5 billion, baby. We're in the B's. We're in the big leagues. First billion dollar Marvel movie. Insane. Certainly wasn't the last. I mean, it's just crazy when you look at what these movies did. I think Captain America was in the 300s. Thor was in the 400s. And just to see it jump up like this, 1.5 billion. I mean, you talked about how you compared this experience to The Force Awakens, where it was that kind of water cooler moment where everybody was talking about it. I feel like this was almost a little different because of the fact that we didn't expect it to be that good. We were all sold on these first these first couple of MCU movies. Still didn't know what the MCU was yet, but we we were excited that there are more superhero movies, and they've been good. We've been getting more good superhero movies. Awesome! This Avengers is coming out. I'm excited. Sign me up. Nobody expected this. Nobody expected them to pull it off so well to walk out of that theater and want to text your friends who are just like sort of into nerdy stuff. Go see this movie. Nobody expected that, and that's why it made 1.5 billion compared to what the other ones made. <laughs> It's it's insane to think. So at that point, you know, you're six. This is the sixth movie in the MCU. First one to cross the billion threshold. Here we are, um, waiting for Black Widow. And every if you average out the the number of movies with the the box office, they average a billion now. 
yeah. which is is quite impressive it's to insane. see how far above and beyond these these films have gone. Uh, which we you know we get to Endgame, the the greatest selling movie of all time for its the theatrical run. Um, what? Um, but before we watch the trailer, I don't want to forget this thought here. With seeing everything with Avengers and how it tied all these superheroes together for me from those origin movies, it opened my eyes to a shared universe. And I know I'm not alone with that. As we mentioned, everyone in, in Hollywood wanted to do it, right? With with all their properties, uh, some better than others. None as good as the MCU, in my opinion. But what what did you guys think of that? Like, was that eye-opening for you? Was that like, oh my gosh, they can do this and they can do it well. What's next? Who else is jumping into this universe? If, if yeah, anyone wants me, to speak to that. Yeah, for me, it was not necessarily like, it was like, I guess for me, it's it's tough because I never... I never thought something like this was possible on a on the scale of movie because I always thought again this was before I knew a lot of the ins and outs of of filmmaking in, in Hollywood. But like, I'm like, man, you could do that. You could just you know formulate like a four year plan and like just have movie after movie and they'll connect without anything going wrong. Without uh, you know worst case worst thing that happened is that we had to recast Hulk and uh and uh War Machine. That's the best but, thing that happened. You know, I was, I was going to say, you can argue that, that those were great moves, too. Um, so, like, you can do this without the whole thing falling apart. You know, the only other thing that we had that was even remotely close to this scale um, was Harry Potter at the at the time. I mean, you could go back to the Star Wars movies and Lord of the Rings, but I I, I look at those as trilogies, only three movies. Harry Potter did that for eight movies yeah. um, at the time of Avengers release. So I, that's the only other thing that I thought. I'm like, wow, like I drew comparisons to that because that was the biggest thing besides this that we had that could go for that long. Yeah, I think the, the biggest difference there is that that's just one narrative threshold like that's just one straight story right harry potter's one through eight we get all those movies this is different origin stories this is weaving together like different isolated right. stories and making that work and like yeah we just didn't expect that to be possible it blew us away and it could have been like an all-star game right like when you i think of like that nhl all-star game um you know pick your sport really but they get together and it's kind of not really that serious and it's, fun. it's fun, but what's the meaning behind it? Right? Like it's, it's just kind of for the heck of it. Yeah. And that's what this could have been, but it wasn't, it was super meaningful and they crossed it over and interwove these stories so that this was now the Avengers were now an entity. Those individual stories would still happen over the years, but like there was no separating the, the Avengers mm-hmm. until you got to civil war, but you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just I, I could gush about it and the leadership behind Kevin Feige and everything that uh, he did to make that happen. And for uh, the comic my- book fan in me as well, like, you know, the thing that I can speak for all comic book fans that we thought it was like dream come true. Now the sky is the limit after after that, especially with the you know post credit scene. It's like, man, like they can go in there. They can go so many different ways now. Um, so just from a comic book fans perspective, like I've talked about in every other episode man, you're going to do a Thor movie, man, you're going to do a Captain America movie, man, you're going to do an Iron Man movie. How's that going to work? How's that going to work? All right. Now, how the hell are you going to do an Avengers movie? How is it? How are all these characters going to? And here's the other thing, too. Again, I know some of the stuff we're going to get into, but like the biggest concern that I do remember going into that, despite my, you know, limited film knowledge at that time was screen time. That was a big thing. How the heck are you going to give all of these characters the proper screen time? 
and make it feel like, oh man, this was just an Iron Man movie. Oh man, this was just a Black Widow movie. Oh, it's the Hulk movie. Like, how were you going to do that? And credit to Joss Whedon, brilliant, brilliant. You you couldn't have done a better job that, with this movie that's, from that perspective. That's exactly <clears throat> what this movie did so well. Is it every one of those characters had such a meaningful introduction, an arc, a conflict? Like they paired up everybody perfectly. They gave you just the right amount of every character. It just worked so well. It just it shouldn't have worked that well, but it did. Yeah, it was the perfect storm, and uh, we're feeling the effects of it all these years later. Uh, uh, do you guys want to queue up the trailer and yeah. see what that looks like? Here? Let's watch that bad Let's boy. get it. Yeah. Okay. Get her going here. You were made to be ruled. In the end, it will be every man for himself. What do we do? We get ready. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people. So when we needed them, they could fight the battles that we never could. Gentlemen, what are you prepared to do? No offense, but I don't play well with others. Big man in a suit of armor. Take that away, what are you? Uh, genius. Billionaire playboy philanthropist. <laughs> if we can't protect the Earth, you can be damn sure we'll avenge it. Dr. Banner, your work is unparalleled, and I'm a huge fan of the way you lose control and turn into an enormous green rage monster. Thanks. All right, there it is. Um, what I'll say is that that song did not fit this trailer at all. I thought that was so weird. I, I, it reminded me I of agree. some like early two thousands like superhero movies. Like I would have expected to see that in like one of the one of the early Spider Man movies, like grungy rock music. That did not fit what we got in that movie. Trailer was cut well, like great great beats and stuff like that. But in in twenty twelve, I would have seen that trailer and not expected a film like we just saw. Even seeing the Captain uh, America trailer from what we did uh, last week, like it's not. It's it's totally inconsistent, but um, I can't help but smile when watching that trailer because I do remember seeing that and uh, even just seeing how they interacted with each other and teasing how Tony Stark doesn't play well with others. Um, and then even all the way to the end uh, where it's a nice little lead in to say, all right, here's uh, here's your new Hulk. You know, that's a nice way of saying that. And we're going to lead off with a, a little bit of humor. So 
Yeah, man, I I just smiled the whole time I watched oh, it. A little so bit much of fun. humor, man. This movie, like this movie, is legitimately John, funny. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I was unmuted there, but not there. Technology makes no sense. Um, no, you're good now. A, a little bit of humor, man. This movie is like legitimately funny. This is the funniest mm-hmm. MCU MCU movie of of you know of the bunch so far, and it is also mm-hmm. the most serious. Like they fit both of those in there totally. It just it's so cool. Um, Tony Stark in this movie is just my favorite. He is so good. I love his one-liners. That trailer had a couple of the good ones, but I just thought, I don't know, just rewatching these films, we all know how funny how RDJ can be as Tony Stark, but this is just like when it really, really hit home for me. Mm-hmm. As I said too, I think, um, I don't know if it was last week, but they've re- this was the culmination and maybe the beginning of them finding a way to make things really funny, like truly funny, not just here's a funny moment there and yeah, you know, one off. Like it's, it's really well written. And it's, it's consistent. It's, it's throughout the movie, but it is still really serious and intense at times. So they have, that's where the MCU to me, it's the, the one facet of all of it that works most important where other franchises have not been able to figure that out. And even Star Wars sometimes hasn't been able to figure out to me like yeah. this balance where they can it's some of these movies like Thor Ragnarok could be a comedy basically or almost be like a Guardians of the Galaxy could almost look like a spoof movie. But at the end of the day, like there's so much heart and feeling still. And that's that's super rare. That is really, really hard to capture. And they've they've done it a few times. You could almost say these are perfectly balanced like all things should be. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Um, but yes, yeah. to, to talk about that tone, like, so another thing that this movie was one of the first to do was like, when you think about that final scene, that final fight scene in New York, right? This is the first superhero movie that like really made me feel that civilians in the city were in danger. Like, there, I, I don't remember ever seeing a superhero movie because this was before Man of Steel, right? That was like twenty. That was a year after or so. A year before Man of Steel. Yeah, so this was before Man of Steel. That Man of Steel kind of did the same thing, but like, I legitimately like had vibes of like old nine eleven footage, watching citizens run through the city, like like rubble everywhere and destruction. Like, there is genuine vibes of chaos and terror that I've never gotten in in a superhero movie before. So the stakes were there. And match that with like the awesome comedy bits. It's just it's it's such a fun movie. Yeah, I I agree with that point. They really did um, destruction on kind of like a, a civilian level. Nice with just tearing up all those skyscrapers and the damage they did. And they even address it later on in the MCU, of course, with uh, with Spider Man in particular. Yeah. Um, and I always think of in in terms of movies that did this, uh, Batman versus Superman. Like that was a constant theme there. Like right, the superheroes are just these kind of demigods that are around and they don't care what kind of collateral damage there is. And then that ties into uh, like a little bit what we get in civil war also in the MCU. So this is, uh, I think the first time we really see the effects of that. And before it was almost like, all right, New York city, you know, insert it in whatever superhero movie it's going to get leveled. That's kind of how it is. But now we're we're kind of seeing that there's some human effects to it, even though we're on this playground of comic book superhero. Yeah, that on so. the ground kind of just the realism. Like you really feel like people are in danger, and you can kind of you can. It's what we've talked about with this MCU is it grounds these movies, no pun intended. Like it makes you feel like this could be happening in real life, and you start to put yourself in your, those shoes. Like, what if that happens in my city? Like you start to you know just really think about how, how crazy this would be if it really happened. Now, um, I've you know, I've got my kind of list of notes here uh, that I I'd like to kind of go through in a, in a few moments, but. Do you guys know 
or could you pinpoint how many times you think you have seen this movie? I'm not sure that I, I could. Easily, I've seen it more than the previous five movies in the MCU that we've talked about so far. Like, bar none, this is the one. I saw it at least twice in theaters. I don't think I saw it a third time. But again, that's the most I had seen at that point. And I remember getting this um, on home video day one and seriously watching it over and over again. And I, I got to imagine, if I could guess, that it's a, a constant in John's streaming list uh, it, when it comes to... You'd honestly be surprised. Um, so this is one of those movies that I love every time I watch it, but I don't throw that on as a background movie because I kind of want to save it. It's one of those where like I don't want to be overexposed to it because I want to watch it and have that experience where I'm kind of I want to I want to forget stuff about this movie and I do every time I come back to it I I, I find not new things but I rediscover you know I have those aha moments again because I forgot about some of that stuff um, I, w- I this probably doesn't even come close to Iron Man for me Iron Man and Iron Man two all all those movies are those those are the movies I'll just throw on because I want something on I want to hear some Tony Stark humor yeah this is one where I, I really kind of only watch at specific times like during rewatches or when I kind of just am in the mood to sit down and watch a movie not you know not just have something on that being said I've still probably seen it a bunch I mean I've probably seen it north of 10 times at least that makes sense so this is a movie you want to sit and watch like exactly. you don't want it in the background you want to pay attention to it yeah I kind of make it an event like all right it's I'm, I'm watching I'm watching Avengers again it's like it's a it's an experience uh, yeah, I think I, I think I'm the I'm the opposite. Um, normally, in general, for my movie watching, I I don't necessarily throw something on, just have something on. Like I find a YouTube video or something. So norm normally, when I watch a movie, it's like okay, like I'm actually gonna watch this, pay attention. Um, but yeah, this movie, along with the other movies in Phase One, like that's the whole time we've been doing this this uh this review series here. Like man, these Phase One movies, I truly and Avengers probably the most out of all of the phase one movies i remember beat for beat man like a couple of the little lines of dialogue i'm like oh i forgot he said that little thing but for the most part beat for beat for beat i i know these movies like the back of my hand i mean um, that's kind of what i meant though yeah so i mean beat for beat i definitely have the beat for beat sound it's more of those little nuanced things that that i would say that like surprise me again those one-off quips those lines stuff like that like i could even before yesterday i probably could have recited the whole plot of avengers yeah, like I wish I had that, like exactly what you're talking about. I don't have that with Avengers. <laughs> I don't have, I think maybe like Iron Man 1 and Thor Dark World. <laughs> I'm sticking, I'm mainly sticking to the ones we've watched so far. I'm but just after, this, after this, it gets a little spotty with the things that you're talking about, John, where it's like, oh, that specific thing, or oh, I'm surprised by that again, but I don't have any of that i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing i, I still love the movie regardless like every time i watch the all of these movies especially avengers but yeah i don't have any of those like oh man i forgot about that little line that like i, I <laughs> little nerd that, that just shows <laughs> Yo, that's, that, that discovery is kind of what keeps these things alive and keeps them fresh right like it's always like the first time when you go back to to watching it and i think that makes it exciting for sure um uh, do you guys want to get into some of my notes here? Does anyone want to go first? I have one thing I want to get from the top of my notes list, just because I think it it, it kind of is good towards the top of the, the the video here. I think they did such a good job, and it stuck out to me more this viewing than any other. Um, such a good job introducing Banner with Mark Ruffalo. His intro in this movie and the way they used him and they, the way that he was just kind of like a plot device for Tony and also for Fury and he was just kind of like this background character that you were just slowly learning things about, relearning this character because he's a very different banner than uh, than the last one we had. Um, they, it, they just did such a good job and then the payoff at the end, we're going to get to some of those bigger moments. I, I just, 
was really blown away paying attention because we talked about it. We had just kind of rewatched Hulk recently. So I was focusing more now than ever. Um, yeah, blown away with how, how Hulk and Ruffalo were introduced and done in this movie. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, they they had to do that in a subtle yet uh, meaningful way. Like they, they couldn't really pretend it didn't happen, but they almost acted like it didn't happen at the same time. Like they found that balance again, as they, they have in, in most of these movies. Um, any, anything else you wanted to mention to start, John? I'm sure we'll get to it. Okay. So um, just running through here, the uh, the opening monologue teases talking to Thanos, right? The universe will be yours is one of the quotes in there. Um, and then followed shortly by the first time uh, that we get the Avengers tease of the theme song. We don't get the that full Avengers theme just yet. We get a little bit of a, a subtle musical tease. And I love that, especially going back and hearing it now that we know how iconic Every time you see that Avengers logo at the beginning of the movie and that that score plays, oh my gosh, like you guys know how important Star Wars is to me and how much I love John Williams and all of his his respective works. Like that that musical number there, that score, that whoop, that's in there for it's me. Up there. It gives me goosebumps thinking about it, just absolute chills. Uh and then shortly after, so we got the tease of it, but when we see the Avengers logo flash onto the screen, that is when we get that first reveal of that now iconic musical score just puts a smile on my face. Even thinking about it, truly awesome. Music tells so much in a movie. It gives you hints. It sets the tone. It makes you feel intense. It can make you feel happy. And boy, did they do a good job, especially uh, in the, the Avengers here. Uh, Fury mentions phase two, of course, not just in the movie, but phase two of the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe would be soon to follow. This one uh, that I noticed was kind of interesting, and I noticed it for the first time. Um, it could just be coincidental. Loki, uh, when he's taken out the uh, some of the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents in the beginning, the way he throws some of those little uh, kind of like stars or, or throwing knives reminded me of how Hela would, which hmm. is kind of a fun little toss-up, you know, brother and sister, even though not by blood. Okay. Just a, a little observation. Maybe it's a stretch. Uh, that's a stretch. I'm just right, it's right definitely now. not a stretch now, Rashad. <laughs> Watch it again. I'm with you, um, Rashad. You're both wrong. <laughs> Funny to think that we see the Tesseract and and how powerful it is, and really feel like it's this end all be all. We have no idea. And then to find out that it was just the tip of the iceberg, as it was just one of a collection of pieces that were equally as powerful. Kind of is mind blowing looking back all those all these years later. I think I remember the like, Tesseract just being like, "All right, cool. I don't know what that is. I don't know what you want me to think it is, but this movie's sweet, so I'm in." <laughs> like it meant nothing to me back then. Yeah, until yeah. I until we got, I think until Guardians until, really like yeah. It, it, for me, I think I put it together because I, I, I'm gonna tell you guys we're gonna get to some of these later episodes. I was literally the nerd um, that had the. The, and it was in my brain, but I had like uh, you had you the puzzle, seen, you had the roadmap. No, 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 no. Have you ever, have you guys ever seen Sherlock Holmes on Netflix? Benedict Cumberbatch. I've not. Mm-mm. Dang it. Well, anyone who has, I have. I've had a. I had a mind palace of MCU, so I was connecting this stuff. Mm-hmm. I was referencing the comic books. I had a. I have a. Still have a. I'll show it on one of the episodes. A Marvel encyclopedia with every storyline that of all the old Marvel stuff. And I just remember connecting all of this stuff. 
and I and I'm trying to remember. I didn't connect the Infinity Stones piece. Maybe obviously the end credits. You know, we'll we'll get to that. I'm sure, but. I don't know, man. Like, I, I agree. The test strike meant nothing until you really felt the grasp of the situation. And I just can't remember when that was. That's, I forgot what movie. That's why these movies are so <laughs> fun to go back and watch. Like, you just pick up so much yeah. more. And not even subtle stuff. Like, big, big plot stuff that you just did, you, you couldn't have understood yet because the context wasn't there yet. It's just so cool mm-hmm. to go back and like, oh, okay. There's a space stone. Nice. Yep. Like, there's this nervous energy around the thought of Thanos collecting all of those and the finality that you would think is behind it. And to be like, Oh man, Loki can do some crazy ass stuff with that. Like that sucks. They really need to contain this thing. That's bad. But then to really drop the curtain and be like, Oh my gosh, they really should have figured this out <laughs> because it really, really was a damaging thing. This many is a years problem, later. Though. <laughs> and as we know with these infinities, we didn't know at the time, um, at the time, we knew there were two Infinity Stones in New York, and you know, with knowing the stuff that we have one. now, we was, know there there was three in I was that same. That. <laughs> I was like, "Where's the same two convenience?" <laughs> uh, what was eye opening to me, and it kind of re- becomes a recurring theme throughout uh, the MCU. But if you notice when uh, Natasha is interrogating the the guy, even though she's tied up, uh, she decides that she's all in when she's talking to Coulson, when he mentions that Barton was compromised. Yep. That was it. That was it. She's like, okay, I'll be right there. And it happens again later in the movie. And um, it's just nice because we know how their relationship is. And especially where it leads to uh, as we get to the later Avengers movies. Yeah. I think that was a very deliberate, like, Hey, this is, this is something to pay attention to. Like the, these characters are and like I was saying before, every, it, almost every character had another character that they were kind of partnered up with, or even just from a plot wise stuck together with in this movie. That was very clear that, okay, these are the two I have to pay attention to. And it makes a lot of sense because I mean, they're, they're both the, the humans that have no powers. They're the, they, they have the most in common and, to flesh them out together, you know, just makes sense. So we never, uh, also, uh, Fury is constantly talking to the, that World Council. We never see them again. Um, it's it's kind of funny to think of, like, there's no, uh, unless I'm missing something, there's no appearance of them or mention of them later in the, the If MCU. so, it was something quick in Winter Soldier. No, not um, Winter that Sol- would have been the only other that, movie. I, that wasn't when, like, I thought that was a big theme in Winter Soldier. Or was that just, like, S.H.I.E.L.D.? I don't know. The shield as a whole, but I don't those specific yeah. council members. Like if they if they made an appearance, it was something quick in Winter Soldier, and that was it. It wasn't anything like this where they had multiple scenes of someone going back to them and telling them stuff. Yeah, <laughs> kind of interesting how that that fell off, but they didn't really need to continue that anyway. Um, it's amazing okay. looking back how well each Avenger was introduced in this movie because I think one thing Infinity War does particularly well was, oh my gosh, hey, there's Spider Man. Whoa, there's Doctor Strange. Tony Stark's there. It just was one after another that they showed up. And I I you know didn't know it at the time, but watching back, I'm like they kind of did that in a way here. When when you see Nick Fury walking up to to Steve Rogers as he's he's punching the bag there. Um and it goes a little bit throughout even uh Thor's entrance as they're they're on the plane there. Looking back now and gushing at these these heroes as kind of like celebrity icons, it, it's interesting. But the the way they did it was pretty good and kind of in a same similar vein to what Infinity War did. I think that this is unmatched. I think this is better than Infinity War. Uh, I think that like they they set all of those intros up so well, and if like 
you don't even have to listen close. They smack you over the face with it. But there's always a one-liner right before it happens, too. So for, for Cap, it was like, yeah, we, we we need soldiers, as he was talking to the security council. We need soldiers. It was the last line yeah. he says before you it goes to Cap. Coming. Exactly. And for Thor, you have Loki making that comment. is like, I'm, I don't particularly mind uh, Thunder, but I'm not particularly fond of what comes after it. And there we go. We get Thor. Um, there there was oh, uh, Banner. Uh, you go talk to the big guy. Oh, I don't want to talk to Stark. He doesn't like me. No, no, no. You get the big guy. Like they always, every time you transition into one of those scenes, they give you a perfect little one-liner to set it up. It was just so well done. It was well done. I, I still prefer Infinity War because that was like shout out loud. Oh my gosh, moment. And yeah. it, there were so many. I, there, think, I mean, I think it's if, nice here and they, they were able to do it slower because there were only a handful. But when you get to Infinity War, there's like there's there's so many that they've built out throughout these almost. I think it was the 18th movie at that point. So I mean, it, the, again, it was balanced for sure. I think uh, for Infinity War, there was more hyped up and it was more exciting. But I think these were more well done. I think these were more well crafted because they had to be. Where Infinity War was just like we're just pumped to see these people. Like just it was paced very well in Infinity War. I think this was just a little better written. Yeah, if any where you could have showed Spider-Man on the toilet, you would have still had the same reaction that you got. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, yeah, maybe not, but you know, <laughs> pretty good. I like it, Rashawn. Uh, um. Yeah, I, the way they did it, and the, what I liked about Infinity War is you didn't know in a lot of cases who was who was going to be next. Like I, I think of Spider-Man, how he popped up, and uh, they just they kept catching you off guard. Um, the music during Loki's entrance to the gallery, small thing, but. I love it. Really it's cool. that operatic kind of, uh, you know, theme. Uh, <laughs> I wrote uh, a bullet point that just says the eye. That always really, really bothers me. Yeah. I uh, I have a hard time looking at that one That's when Loki, one. Uh, you know, does the thing. Yep. <laughs> a, little, a little squeamish there. I'm with you. That's uh, that's a little tough. The uh, the old man in the crowd. Oh. Uh, I like that. That he kind of stands up to Loki, and that is a a nice entrance for uh, for Cap there. And that fight between uh, uh, Cap and Loki, like I, I wish I would have appreciated it more back in the day. Like that, the two Marvel icons going at it there. It's a, it's a fun little bout. Um, the moment that I really uh, took my love of Cap to a new level is his old-fashioned uh, kind of love in the plane when he says, "There's only one God, ma'am," and I'm pretty sure that he doesn't dress like that. Yeah, I I, I, was, uh, I do want to comment on that. I think that. Avengers is why early on I was not the biggest Cap fan. He was very, very dry in this movie. Dry is not, is not the right word. He was very, very true to his original character, and it made perfect sense for the movie because he was the right kind of divide that they needed. He he was that he was the perfect wrench in the in everybody's kind of you know computer techie advancement. He was the perfect wrench for for Tony and for Banner and everything like that. Um, but I remember being bothered by his character in for the reasons we talked about, like those kind of expectations we had of Cap in the past. We didn't really get that much in his, his solo movie. In the first Avenger, that stuff didn't really shine through because he was kind of in his element. I think it stood out a lot more here, where it's like, all right, man, you're you're a stick in the mud. We're trying to get some stuff done here. There's aliens coming to town. Loosen up a little bit here. I remember feeling that way back then, and like I, I had some recollections of that. Well, I think um, when you look at... It's, def- it's definitely inter- just funny to see just because the cap that we get obviously that we know we end up getting later on um he's not playing no more he's like all right rules like you know i'll i'll follow them to a point but i'm sticking to what i know is best uh and again this is when you think about it 
this is a Captain America that and a Steve Rogers that is still holding on to those ideals in the 40s. So I think what you're talking about, Fick, even though you didn't like it, I think that was intentional. No, I think that was meant to. Yeah, oh, that, that's what I'm saying. I, it's not that I didn't like it. and it, it, It's exactly what the movie needed. It was absolutely intentional. Like his character was oh, designed okay. to be. Yeah, you're, you're dead on. That's 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 where I'm with it, too. It just like stood out as maybe the reason we thought of Cap in that light back then, because like that was for a lot of people that was their first impression of cap we saw cap didn't do that well in the box office compared to to avengers i would say for most people who are caught up with the mcu this was probably their first time seeing cap and he did kind of fit that mold that we expected cap to be he breaks out of that and becomes great in the future and i even think as we just watched the first avenger he wasn't really in that mold nearly as much as he was in this avengers movie so the moment that we start seeing the cap that we got is when he found out what fury was hiding with the with with the weapons and all that stuff that moment is the first moment where cap is like what the heck is going on here before then what was he saying Oh, we got orders. We have a mission, blah, blah, blah. We, I, all of that traditional Captain America and just soldier things that you would, that, you know, soldier ideals that he had from the 40s that still held true. Cause in his movie, he didn't have like he did in the present day, you know, how probably modern day ideals and politics kind of let Cap down. He didn't have those issues in the 40s. He had, you know, he never, he never felt betrayed by the government or the US or, you know, he never had his ideals question. He start that starts with this whole thing. And obviously at the end, I still think we have that tried and true Captain America. But as we know, once Winter Soldier comes, that th- that's when we really get the shift in the Steve Rogers and Captain America character that I think we all love. Yeah, I just mentioned that line because I'm a Christian and I appreciated it. However, <laughs> from uh, the, the point of... Um, his evolution. So we talk, you know, talk about him being a stick in the mud uh, and no pun intended, but there's a stark contrast from, from him and Tony. Like Tony's the fun guy in this movie. And he kind of always is, but like, he's really fun in this movie and their rivalry is established here. They just don't get along to a certain degree. And um, as cap evolves to like our winter soldier time frame, like think about it. Like he, He's really he woke up all these decades later, not missing all that history and kind of time frame and evolution, just so um, society and all the social norms like he has that list in Winter Soldier of all the things that he missed in pop culture. Right. Like that. So he's taken time to really get assimilated to what is the now modern day in Winter Soldier. And I kind of like that evolution of the character. Um, Obviously, the character gets more fun also as time goes on. I don't think that's a coincidence. I wrote that uh, this was Nick Fury's uh, or Sam Jackson's best performance as Nick Fury. Um, he's he's it, this is his most prominent role in any any of the films. And mm-hmm. he, just period or yeah, I think yeah. I, I think I'll take Captain Marvel over that. Oh, I understand. Yeah, okay, but fair then, enough. I'm but, not even thinking of that. But that's it. I mean, right. yeah. But aside from Captain Marvel, then yeah, yeah, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also wrote yeah. that uh, Loki steals the show, oh, which so, is so is, good. This is it. This is why we talked about in the Thor episode, like the things about Loki. This was this was it. It was solidified at this point. There was yeah. no more debate or question. This is the this is the Loki you guys were gushing over in Thor. And I was just sitting back saying, like, not yet. Not yet. Here it is. Thor, <clears throat> oh, man, Loki. So good. Such a good villain. He I mean, think back to how popular he still is, but how popular that character was when this movie came out. 
And then when, as I mentioned on last episode, we or the Thor episode, we get to Avengers Age of Ultron and everyone's like, where the hell's Loki? <laughs> right? Even though it wouldn't have made sense. Like, yeah. we just wanted more we, Loki. We That's more. all it was. He, his, and of his, course... It's just so much fun. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, his character is so much fun. There's a specific... You, you say what you're going to say, because I got to find the line that he says. His, uh, we get more time with him in Ragnarok that felt like, you know, we do in Dark World, but it's not the same. His time in Ragnarok is just so much fun. And how he... Uh, banter's with with Thor throughout that movie is just absolutely wonderful. Um, I put that this is Thor's weakest movie, but it, one of his best lines, and it's it's when he says that Loki's adopted. <laughs> That's so good. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's, it's the, there's those seeds that we didn't realize were planted yet that Thor was going to be a really funny character, and they were planting those seeds all along. And then, I mean, when you have that that reference of uh, of Ragnarok, man, like going back and seeing him back that back in 2012 with Avengers, he he still had those those uh, those comedy chops. I think I I think it was missed on me when I was first watching this film. That's Hemsworth, man. He he always wanted to play that kind of Thor that he got in Ragnarok to the point where he was the one who campaigned to have Taika Waititi take over because if. I remember Hemsworth talking about it and saying if he wanted those Thor movies, those solo Thor movies to continue on, like they had to change it up. And then sure enough, Taika Waititi comes on board and the rest is history. Um, I mentioned, you know, there's loads of of humor throughout the movie um, that even though everything here is important, it's so small in comparison in scale to what we see in Infinity War and Endgame kind of uh kind of amazing the scope of those movies where we i i sit in the theater thinking oh my gosh how could it ever get bigger than the avengers and then we get to 2018 and we get infinity war and it is off the charts well you remember what i said in i think it was our first episode with iron man and you you see it and you just alluded to it is the scale that I mean, this mainly applies to superhero movies, but you can apply this to a you know a lot of other movies too. But mainly with superheroes, you start small. You save the neighborhood, then you save the city, then you save you know maybe you go to save the country, and then you save the world, you save the universe, and it just keeps it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, even though in this movie you the world was at stake, you mainly felt the impact in New York City. Like New York City was the battleground. The battleground wasn't on these other planets and different countries like we get in the later Avengers movies. <clears throat> for sure. And it was important for them to do that because it, it just, as we mentioned, it would have felt uh, ineffective otherwise, I think. Uh, so we mentioned also Stark and Rogers get a, you know, a bit of a rivalry here from the, the get-go. Um, one I don't think about as much is uh, Thor and Hulk. Just these little moments, you know, where like Hulk kind of punches Thor, and they're they're going back and forth on who the almost the strongest Avenger is, and that really kind of fleshes out as we get into uh, to Thor Ragnarok, and that is such a, a funny subplot of that movie to me. It is for the comic nerds that was incredible seeing like seeing that in the comics before, and I think there was also an animated show. Um, or a movie that I watched that had Thor and Hulk fighting, and we we you know it further in Ragnarok, but in this that was the that was the closest thing that we had to replicating that. So even that little thing, that was one thing I had in my notes too. Is like we finally got a Thor versus Hulk, like even though it was small in scale, it was a what one punch, it obviously yeah. could have been. Yeah, it was a couple you know wrestling moves, let's just say. Um, but that was again that was still cool to see, still something that you never thought you would see on the screen for sure in live action. 
we get uh, the classic billionaire genius line from Tony Stark that has been quoted so many times throughout the year and so many uh, memes uh, throughout um, social media. We uh, One moment I liked uh, kind of referencing the Hulk again is it always sticks with me cinematically, Natasha running away from the Hulk uh, as he's chasing her after Bruce Banner just transforms into the Hulk. That's I really think that looks so cool with, with yeah. the glass shattering there. Yeah. Like, that's that's when you that always comes to mind for me. So I mentioned uh, pre-show. I know our our good friend Elida is is watching and or listening here. Thank you, by the way, Elida, for all your support. We always appreciate you, and it's it's people like you who allow us to do what we do. So we couldn't appreciate it any more than we do. Thank you, uh, Elida's favorite character. I mentioned it pre-show, and I don't know that you guys would get this right if you guessed it. Uh, it's Agent Coulson. Oh wow. Yeah, Coulson's <laughs> so, a fan favorite, man. Yeah, yeah. People, she uh, people she love loves the Coulson. Coulson. Yeah, I think I think it's more than like a fandom. It's it's kind of like a, a crush from uh, <laughs> what I understand. <laughs> I mean, I'm right there talking to Elida throughout the years here. So, uh, Coulson's death is really meaningful, though. All all kidding aside, he, uh, um, I don't know about that. I I, oh, you I think, think so. so. Uh, yeah. No, because this started. I'm I'm gonna let you talk, but this started one of my biggest I know where you're going things Rashad. that I hated about the MCU for a while. The probably the only the only thing I hated, quote unquote, meaningless deaths, man. And I know comics and mm-hmm. all forms of media do that, but it it was just carried into here. He dies and then 2 seconds later, oh, he's not dead. We actually have our own show about yeah, it. But I that, know that's semantics because it, I know I know technically it's not canon. I know that. I'm I'm just saying for that, this, that's still for this film. Dark. I think it works so well. I think it's such a great device to bring to bring these guys together. You've got these all of these superheroes at odds. They all have these powers or these or X, Y, or Z, and they're brought together by the death of, of just Agent Coulson, Phil. Yes, the were. narrative significance is without question. It's more the fan perspective yeah. watching because watching that in the theater, I was like, "Dang, like Coulson, no yeah, culture." And and then as, I still feel it, even despite Agents of Shield being a thing. Yeah, I don't. Okay. I don't yeah, I've just separated my mentality from that. Like, this is what happened in the films, and like, I don't, I don't care about any of that. It, it's secondary to me for for what it's worth. The the TV shows that that Marvel as, as it should be too, and I love but the. I am, yeah. I understand what you're saying, Rashad. I, I just don't feel that way for yeah, what yeah. it's worth. Same. I love the the line uh, Tony has like near the end. He's like, you pissed off one more person too. And his name was Phil. And he finally says his first name. So good. <laughs> I thought his name was Agent. This, yeah. this man's first name is Agent. <laughs> I love uh, that Colson also looks at them truly like heroes. Like especially Cap. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I watched you while you slept. I, that came out wrong. Like, yeah, Captain just, America trading card. There's a deleted scene where he talks about having a, a Thor <laughs> yeah. action figure. I was watching the deleted scenes. Oh. Yeah, um, I, I I need to say that line that I was talking about from Loki. Just just it's one of the first lines he has in the film. It's right when he comes in uh, to the Shield basement. He's like in his crouch position. He's got his sphere. He looks up and says, "I am Loki of Asgard, and I am burdened with glorious purpose." Are you kidding me? That line is like my favorite line in the MCU so far. It's just such. It's just so Loki. It's so pompous. I love it so much, so much. It's so Shakespeare in the park. <laughs> I I am burdened with glorious purpose, dude. What are you What are you talking about? This is Earth. Get out of here, man. So good. It'll be like arrest that man. <laughs> what are you Seriously. About? Um, let's see here. 
the Stark and Loki conversation uh, in what becomes Avengers Tower is so awesome. And I cannot overstate my love for Tony Stark and Iron Man, especially in these movies. That is such a great moment where he tells Loki how it is and says, there's no scenario where you come out on top. And he talks about his team and he goes, we're calling ourselves the Avengers now. Offers him a drink. I'm going to have one. All of it is just peak RDJ, I think. And I, I, it's one of my favorite scenes from the movie. Yeah, I think it's he, he cements the fact that he is the main character in this movie. And he is the main character in the MCU. Like he is... He's there for all the big plot points. He's bringing you. He's bringing you all the all the laughs. Like so charming, so good. And yeah, that this the scene in the tower is just come on. <laughs> also uh, cementing Tony as the kind of the hero of the MCU, or or maybe the maybe most prominent character, if you will. Uh, he saves the day, which is a little bit foreshadowing to, of course, where we get to in Endgame. All those uh, many years later, um, even though we you can kind of when you're watching the movie for the first time you i i assumed he, he was going to make it i think iron man 3 already had a date <laughs> oh i don't i don't know i wasn't i wasn't that much of a fan yet uh but when he his um dialing up pepper to yeah. kind of say goodbye yeah might that as well. that gets me every time even now knowing he makes it all these years later it that's that's really meaningful to me to be like yep i'm gonna have to say goodbye to my loved one here like that's crazy. Yeah, it's a great, great callback wow. too to his conversation and his little quarrel with uh, with Steve and him saying like you're not the guy to make the sacrifice play, which we thought this was the payoff for that, but boy did uh, we not know what was up. Yeah, we didn't know what was going to slap us in the face all those years later. Jeez, Last yeah, I didn't, I didn't think about that till just now. <laughs> Last note I had, John was uh, Ashley Johnson. Ellie, 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 we were watching this last night, and uh, Courtney's got her head in her, in her uh, Switch playing some Animal Crossing. I'm like, it's Ellie. She goes, what are you talking about? I'm like, that's Ellie. She goes, no, it's not. I'm like, sure is. Ashley Johnson. <laughs> she was, uh, if you're not familiar, she was uh, the wait. She was dressed in waitress gear. Um, she was like in the the bank and stuff like that. She actually had like a full on deleted scene uh, with Cap in this movie um, before <laughs> yeah, they she in, did. before they introed Cap with him doing his punching bag stuff. They they showed a little bit of him like trying to acclimate to to society, and he goes out to eat and he goes to a diner by himself, and she's the waitress, and they start talking and like, flirting a little bit, and he's not really picking up on the signs. And I think that was originally supposed to be Stan Lee's cameo. Stan Lee was also at the diner, and he goes over his, like over his shoulder like. She she wants your number, idiot, or something. He has some kind of line like that. <laughs> if you if you watch that deleted scene, it's on Disney Plus. You'll see the, that whole thing. It's really cool. Oh, yeah, it's man, such great. a. It's funny because I feel like the average person that may have seen this movie wouldn't have recognized her. No, but sitting there, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's Ashley Johnson. It That's so crazy. So much and like Ellie too. Comes out a, a year later. Yeah. Um, what was she? What uh, what show was she on? What's it come? Why is it escaping my mind right now? I don't know. Not familiar. All right, it'll hit me later on. That's what I originally knew her from. Um, mm. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so crazy. She was a little girl on that show. Everyone listening and watching this at home is like, oh my gosh, Josiah, I can't up. believe you're not coming up with it. Um, that That's all I had for notes. John, did you, or Rashawn, either of you, did you have uh, any more that you wanted to go through? I have, uh, I mean, we're going to talk about like our favorite moments, but I just feel like this movie is so full of them that it kind of just makes sense to start rattling them off. Um, the the shot i think in film they call it the the pass the football shot where they are just going from avenger to avenger in one continuous shot 
uh, all all in a seamless action shot where it's Hawkeye starts with an arrow which goes to Loki, then it goes over to, to Hulk on the on the building, and then it comes Iron Man flying by. That was one of those moments for me that I was just like, oh my god, like they can do this, like they can make all this work. First of all, just narratively, but also just like in one action scene, just tying all of this together. And you just showed me every single one of them. Yeah, that that shot is so so cool. It always stands out to me when I see that. That that sequence as well is awesome just because again, like little things that as a director, maybe you don't necessarily think about, but this proves that Whedon and, and Faye were fans, is that the way that they use their powers together, how Hulk rips out that that piece, slaps it down, Thor slams it, electricity goes everywhere. Um, one thing from if anyone who played the Marvel Ultimate Alliance games like me repeatedly back in the day. Um, I think one of the games had it had that one with uh, Tony and Cap, where Cap holds the shields up, uh, Tony blasts it, and then the oh, the raid deflects off. Able, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, so that was awesome for me to see again as a kid watching this. And I'm like, oh man, that's that from the video games. It, like just seeing that cool. um, and their attention to detail with that uh, proves that they weren't just directing and producing this movie because no, they're actually just like us three here so much went into it you mentioned it a little bit but i wanted to kind of dive in because i've talked about it every week so far besides the hulk episode um they do such a good job showing us these individual powers and the choreography behind cap shield and mjolnir and what uh tony can do with the iron man suit and like just making it so cool i i didn't feel like we got that in the incredible hulk uh, I, I just didn't feel like there was anything cool that the Hulk did. He just was a big monster and he just like smashed a couple of things. None of the choreography was very cool. I feel like this was it. We got it in the Avengers. I think when he finally transforms in the way he's like climbing up buildings and he's like grabbing one of the Chitauri in one hand and just like rolling over and smashing it that way, throwing some to other people. Like I think we finally got that like tactical feel for what uh, Hulk's powers can do in the MCU, and I feel like they've done such a good job with every single character, like just showing us like what does it feel like to be that character? What like what is what is an attack like? We finally got it for Hulk. That's a good point. The only thing close in the original uh, in that original Hulk movie was when he uses uh, he breaks. I think it was a police car in half and uses as like boxing gloves the two halves of the police car. Yeah. That was the That's only fun. like yeah. you, that was the only thing to your point, and we got way more of those moments in, in Avengers. I never thought it's, about it's that. almost like tough to put into words, but like there's just like a feel for the way that these characters fight. And like, they've done such a good job with the choreography to make us just feel that like, I, you know, you can feel the weight of cap shield. Like you can imagine what it would feel like to throw cap shield, have it bounce off something and catch it. Like they, they did such a good job showcasing that same with Mjolnir, maybe not so much flying around as Tony, but like we finally got that weight and that feel from Hawks. I'm, I'm glad that we I'm glad that they covered all their bases there. It's kind of like a fighting game where throughout the MCU we get a, a feel for these characters' move sets sure. basically. Like yeah. it's pretty sweet. <clears throat> yeah, I think there's a definite flavor and style to everyone. It, it's well established, um, even with Iron Man or even how Black Widow just takes her competition down. I think um, they did, did a good job with that, and it could have been really easy to make it feel feel relatively generic. But they're also special and they're all so different that they they would have done a disservice in not doing that properly but i i I do think they did and i know exactly what you're saying john with hulk like seeing him fly across um 
through through the air, even how he slams down or how he just manhandles the Chitauri. Like it, there's a definite clear style to this established, you know, Bruce Banner. For sure. And to that point, as well to piggyback off that with Hulk, they did such, and this is a credit, more of a credit to the MCU as a whole more than this movie, but it started here. They've done such an amazing job, actually up until Infinity War, uh, but they did such an amazing job with Hulk in terms of, okay, he just due to obviously legal issues and stuff, we can't, we don't want, Disney doesn't want to partner with Universal on a Hulk movie. Fine. How can we use Hulk in the most effective and best ways possible and make him the most dominant force in the MCU? Because he that was the case for a while. Anytime Hulk showed up, whatever villain was it was there, yeah. it, it was over. No, I just think you of see that here. We have a Hulk. Yeah. I mean, that's just like, you know. Exactly. And we see that so many times throughout the MCU um up up until you know movies behind me uh but that that was always so well done and i love i never felt that they cheated us with hulk despite that we couldn't get uh, you know a hulk movie made or or whatnot besides you know that that original that doesn't even really matter yeah (laughs) um first appearance uh, of uh, kobe smulders as agent hill Always a, a you know fun time to see Kobe Smulders in, in different things, um, and then uh, first look at uh, you know which I'm sure we'll talk about in just a few moments here. But uh, Thanos, not played by Josh Brolin, um, but there's there's the start of it. Uh, it was a lot more purple. It looked like maybe just the lighting. No, he definitely was. Yeah, he was. It was like he was like that. Now that's an example, real quick. I talk about this in every episode almost completely adapting something from the comic and trying to put it into the movies. It doesn't work all the time Yeah, that he looked really fake. And obviously it wasn't, they purposely didn't put a lot of detail into that. Um, but he looked a lot more, I guess, as natural as an alien Titan man can get, uh, once we got actually got him, but that he looked just really cartoony in there. Yeah. But, they purposely didn't touch that. And even more so, uh, the first shot of him is his hands. And he just has regular-ass human hands. Like, he just has his hand on the on the chair. And they're just like regular, like, pale skin fingers <laughs> until they shoot to his face. Yep. It was it was interesting. Yep. <laughs> uh, for for this end credits and this reveal, man, I had no idea what I was seeing. My first thought when Most I saw... Most people didn't. My yeah. first thought, I'm like, was that Hellboy? I just saw Hellboy movies. That guy kind of has... Kind of looks like Hellboy. Is that is that what that was? Is that why people are excited right now? <laughs> That was my first thought, and like I went home thinking, like, okay, cool, people are excited that Hellboy's in this. Good for them. <laughs> Did you know Josiah, or, or were you in the same boat as John? I? I didn't think it was Hellboy, but I uh, I didn't know about Thanos yet either. So for me, I'm not going to pretend that I didn't know the most about Thanos at the time. Like I saw him and recognized him. But I, by that time, I had I didn't know much about obviously his arc. I obviously knew, oh, that's the guy. Is that the guy that has the gauntlet with the stones? That was that was my level of knowledge. Um, but by Way that time, I me. yeah, I had, I had forgotten his name and everything. But I recognized him. Like I'm like, oh, they're using that guy. That was that was it for me. But a lot of people in the theater, I remember still to this day, going with my dad, and people were like, who was that? <laughs> yeah, I remember there being like hype because I, I think I went at midnight, like a midnight release. I don't know if people like really knew what was going on, if they just didn't want to be left out, but people were cheering. And I was just like, oh boy, sweet. 
I'm I'm curious if maybe in the comments or you know on Twitter, you know, people talk to me, but I'm I'm curious for the viewers watching um that are super, you know, diehard comic book fans, uh what you consider Thanos, because we talk about the MCU, how they took, you know, with with the Avengers here, they took C level characters and made them now A plus characters. Um, you know, the Avengers is now the best com- you know, superhero team that you have in, in media. But before that, you were thinking X-Men, you were thinking Fantastic Four, if you were a diehard comic book fan before you thought Avengers. Thanos, I know he had, there was obviously, he had his big storyline, Infinity Saga and all that, um, and the Infinity Gauntlet, but Thanos wasn't, he wasn't Doctor Doom level, he wasn't Doc Ock level, he wasn't Green Goblin level Marvel villain, he was, I think, probably a C-level, maybe best case scenario, B-level Marvel villain, so this is another case where I personally think they took again clearly like you guys have said you had no idea who he was um where they took a no took a no name and made him a hall of famer that's their mo that is the mcu in a nutshell man yeah <clears throat> so i just wanted to throw that uh tidbit in there and just you know some discussion for the comments but yeah that that's awesome i'm posting a twitter <clears throat> poll right now when you first saw avengers did you think Thanos was hellboy no <clears throat> yes five minutes and even right. and even to be honest, uh, one more thing I'll, I'll just touch on Loki again. Loki before Avengers, if you go into comic book lore, Loki was that a a level villain that you would want to maybe even lead your universe up to, unless you unless you were making a one on you know a Thor movie, which we got um, at the at the time. Loki was a bigger villain than Thanos was, just in terms of general perception and and the i think the average comic book fan obviously you know thanos was more deadly more dangerous but just in terms of again that perception level loki was even in that top tier with like a type dr doom doc ock etc <clears throat> so we talked about uh that post credits scene or mid credit scene uh at the very end we we see the avengers uh just chilling out and uh, eating some shawarma yeah. So first time I saw the Avengers, I did not stay to see this. I had no idea that it existed. I didn't know it was a thing. And in uh, talking about some of the movie and just gushing about my newfound fandom for the Avengers with uh, a friend of mine named Cam, uh, he he told me about the, the the scene that rolled afterwards. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, oh, yeah, you got to wait till the very end. And I'm like, what do you mean the very end? He's like, till all the credits are done. And this was a new concept to me. And it's funny because years later, I stay for just about every every movie's end credits, even if I just about, you know, I'm pretty sure there's not going to be a, a post credit scene. It's just, it's kind of fun how that has evolved throughout the years. But you got to love uh, the little bit of humor there. They just had a hard day's work and they're relaxing around the table and they're clearly exhausted and no one says a word and it's just priceless. I, I have a, I have, a, in the words of Thor, I'm a human and I'm petty and I have a petty question to ask. The world just got invaded by aliens. Why the heck is your pharma joint still open? Is and it, why is that poor lady make a minimum? That poor lady make a minimum wage <laughs> is sweeping up the rubble. You know, you, Tony Stark gave her a nice job. <laughs> question I've asked in this whole series, but yeah, you know, it's fun. It's it's a fun scene. <laughs> I love that Tony. You know, as he's laying on the ground. And just having woken up from taking the missile to space, 
and is like, oh, I hope none of you kissed me. And he starts talking about shawarma. You guys into shawarma kind of thing? Like, yeah. And they're all talking at the end. He goes, okay. And then, then we get shawarma. And then shawarma. <laughs> and now that, that I'm thinking about it too, Tony so probably. Now that I'm thinking about it, you know, Tony slipped those guys like a like a thousand dollars each or something. The own the guy at the at the counter and the woman, you know, he did. easy money. Yeah. <laughs> he gave them nice tips. You know, he did for sure. <laughs> um, Bailey's appearance. Uh, John mentioned what it could have been uh, had it not been in that deleted scene, but we just get it in a quick montage towards the end of the movie as we're seeing the news reels talk about who the Avengers are. Kind of lame. Um, and he scoffs at the idea of superheroes in New York, which is quite comical. Um, we we usually will say our favorite non-title character. Obviously, with the Avengers being the title of this movie, that's that's a little bit tough. Yeah, I was like, are we gonna do this? Just we we're we're gonna yeah. name the characters that we love that are not Avengers. No, then I think it's almost worth talking about who, <laughs> who was the most standout because they all equally had the the same <laughs> amount of weight. Right? They, they were all supposed to be the main character who stole the show for you. I think is the question. That's where I was going with it. Um, wow. So for for me, you know, we we kind of touched on it. Hard not to say Loki. Um, my love of of Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark is uh, maybe close to un unparalleled. But if if I had to, you know, for the sake of this argument, just pick one, knowing that would get more Iron Man in in various other movies, I'm going to say Loki myself. Um, John, why don't we go to you next? Yeah, I think I'd have to take your your other one there and go Tony Stark. I think, like I was saying before, they made it very clear. Like, all right. We showed you a couple of different superhero movies. Uh, we, we're building this thing, but just just so you know, he's the he's the center of it. He's our guy. He's the main character of the MCU, um, and they really they really planted that seed here in Avengers. He was just so good. I said it before. I put Iron Man one and two above everything so far. You give me Tony Stark. You give me RDJ. I'm all in. It's all I need. Couldn't agree more. Rashawn, favorite uh, standout character here. I think. It would have to be Nick Fury at that point with you guys covering the other two, just because, like you know, we, we talked about it. Too. Yeah, we talked about it in the first Iron Man, seeing him in that in the very first Marvel post credit scene, being like, oh, my God. Um, and now mm-hmm. seeing him in action, seeing him as the director, not just the guy that's just stalking these superheroes and, and you know, asking them weird questions and stuff. Um you know, we actually see him in, in full force, which is cool. And unfortunately, um, one of the things that always kind of bugged me, just a, just a little bit, nothing that was game-changing, but um, we never got him as much as this until years later with Captain Marvel. Um, so I loved seeing Sam Jackson, his element in that regard. You know, he always, you know, wants his uh, kick-ass moment. He got that for a short scene in this Um and yeah, I think he was obviously, you know, obviously he wasn't the leader of the Avengers, obviously, but he was that force that that kept them together even when Coulson died. He could have just gave it up after that. He still tried his best to pass on, like, hey, like this is what Coulson's death means. Here's what we gotta do, here's what we're up against. And even at the end, um when uh uh Hill was like, Yeah, you think we're ever gonna be able to do this again? He was like, We have to. Yep. You know, if if the world needs them, they're going to be they're here gonna and seeing that and that set up everything. Uh, I, got two, I got two points for um, Fury. Did you guys catch the other uh, second unlimited power reference? One no. of the, one of the first oh. things Loki says to him is you can harness you can harness power, unlimited yeah. power. 
So it's the second time he's been <laughs> spoken to you about unlimited power in the MCU so far. Um, he's obsessed. It's just all team controls unlimited power, man. It's the way he goes out. Um, and the then that, that 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 scene you mentioned right at the end with Maria Hill. Have you guys seen the alternate opening and ending of this movie with her? I did. It was so long ago, so you'll have to refresh. Me. I, 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 recommend, I couldn't recall it. I recommend whoever's watching, listening, go back, uh, hop into Disney Plus, and take a look at the extra features because Avengers has some really good ones. Um, I talked about that Ashley Johnson and Cap one a second ago, but uh, yeah. So the alternate uh, beginning and ending of this movie was Mar- Maria Hill interviewing, like doing like the post interview with uh, the security yeah, council, yeah. and it started at the end, and she's talking about. Like um, about Fury in like a negative light on how like he didn't plan any of this and of course all of this would happen and mistakes were made and then like it ends with but the biggest mistake of all was and it kind of just like cuts and then we see the movie start the way it, we 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 expected to start and then it wraps around and the ending is her in that exit interview and she picks up right from that line and the biggest mistake made was when you guys tried to nu- nuke New York City and. Basically, we saved the day because of you guys. So that she kind of flips the script from what she was talking about in the beginning. Um, just another Nick Fury thing. She was talking about how like she just hypes him up as like none of this would have been possible without Nick Fury. We all thought he was crazy, and he was the one who believed, and he he got this to happen basically. Yeah, yeah I, I, mean, uh, I literally haven't seen that since the Blu-ray came out. We're watching. <laughs> <laughs> same same boat, Rashawn. I I like I didn't remember it at all. Um, yeah, I I love Nick Fury in this movie. He really obviously he's the he brings them all together. Rashawn, you mentioned he keeps them together. He keeps that belief alive. Their their purpose, and um, you know we see a fair bit of them in Winter Soldier too. Just you know just a few movies later, which is nice. True. But this is the one. This is the the stamp for for Nick Fury, even though. He's really fun in Captain Marvel. Like this is what I think of when I, I think of Nick Fury. Oh, me too. Um, yeah. You know, in general. So that, that's a really good pick too. Uh, that moment we always talk about this. What's that? You know, if there's one moment that stands out, so many in this movie, tons to pick from. I've got one definitive one, and I I think you can make an argument for a ton. I've had uh, the same answer since the movie came out because I've always thought about this in my head. <laughs> Well, let's go to you, Rashad. Another question. So I'm sorry if I'm stealing it, but for me, it's it just sums up everything. It's it's got to be the uh, the classic pan when we get the theme. The superhero shot. The, you you, ha- you have to. I Back mean to that me. that that in the that was the moment in theater for me. That was like dream dream come true. That that was the exact moment in my head, or maybe I said it vocally to my dad next to me. Um, but that was the moment that the, there is the Again, was it eight years later? There has not been a single time I've watched that YouTube, Blu-ray, whatever Disney Plus. Just now, I have never watched that scene and not gotten goosebumps. Oh yeah, that's insane. me too, man. That, I that's get just chills. Right there. I'm totally with you. Even last night, like, or two nights ago, watching the movie in. Like sometimes, you know, I'm kind of sort of keeping one eye in the movie, getting stuff done. But that moment is like the sit down and watch and make sure that I, I'm there for it. I'll I'll never forget it seen in theaters and all these years later still feel in the same way. It's so special because that was the moment that was like, here's our stamp. We know what we're doing. And for and me, for the longest well. time, that was my favorite or most iconic like movie shot for me for the longest time. I think the only one that rivals that in terms of like the, you know, scream at the top of your lungs in a theater factor is um what we got in Endgame. That that version of that. Um yeah. man, I was waiting 
years for that version. That was awesome. Um, but this was, was this for the longest time was that. Obviously, other movies had different, you know, like all dream come true moment moments where you talk about Dark Knight trilogy or you know Star Wars or whatever. But man, that classic Avengers pan, it it, it it's tough to beat. That it's tough. <clears throat> yeah, it, it definitely is. Uh, John, did you want to mention a different moment? Or I, I did, yeah. I mean, you guys got it right. That is the moment, for sure. I think I, I would be on the same page there. But I want to give a shout-out to something that happens like five seconds beforehand uh, when Hulk gives off his secret. I thought that was so cool. I thought when he shows up and everyone's like, well, like, <laughs> dude, all right, well, time for you to get angry. He just turns around like, that's my secret. I'm always <laughs> angry. Uh, that that was one of those high yeah. moments for me, too, because I loved that callback to, to the conversation earlier. I, I just loved... I don't know, man. And, and something about this most recent re- rewatch too. I just loved Hulk in this movie, and that really stood out for me last night too. Super well done. Yeah, it, it makes a difference having Mark Ruffalo there. Like he, he jumped into what was not an easy easy situation, and into such a highly anticipated movie like this, and doesn't miss a beat. And has such natural, wonderful chemistry with this cast. Um, it's it's truly remarkable that he was able to do what he did and immediately cement his his status as, as one of those legendary original Avengers from these movies. Yep. Uh, before we get to the rankings, which uh, you know, I'm really excited about. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's talk real quick again about our, our sponsor for the show, uh, Fantastic. Yeah, so as I mentioned, a division of 26 shirts. Go to 26shirts.com slash Fantastic. They're a division of 26 shirts. Uh, Del Reed, who you've seen on previous episodes of the MCU Reviewed, is at the head of this organization. What they do is they they raise money for families in need, for individuals in need. Sometimes it's it's someone who's in trouble uh, with, with their health. Maybe it's a, a charity that really needs the support. They sell uh, pop culture themed t-shirts, limited edition, and proceeds go to those uh, those affected people. This money goes a long way for those individuals in our community in Western New York, as far as surrounding communities. To date, they've raised over $750,000 direct to these families, these charities, these individuals. There's no company in Western New York and possibly the world with a, a bigger heart than what we've seen uh, with 26 Shirts and Fantastic. We are so gracious and thankful to them for what they do and on top of it to sponsor our show. So thank you to them. Uh, John, we, we've been doing some giveaways with some of their merchandise here. We're going to do another social media giveaway. Uh, what are we doing for, for this week's iteration? Yeah, I was, I was just about to hop in and say, so along with all the good they've done for this community, they've done some great stuff for the Geekiverse community too. They're giving away one shirt per episode of the MCU. Last time I checked, that's 23 shirts. That's a lot. A lot of shirts. We know what we should just get it up to twenty six, just so it matches somehow. We should just make three <laughs> more, make three more movies, just so we're on part of there. Uh, but yeah, so we're doing we'll a giveaway. Get there eventually. Well, yeah, that's a good point. If we just keep keep rolling. We'll get there. So well, for every episode, they're giving away a t shirt. Awesome. Um, we've been doing those giveaways in our social media accounts. Uh, so we've done Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We've been just rotating weekly. Uh, so the one that is live right now, while we're recording this, is on Facebook. By the time this post, that'll be closed. The one that will be up for this episode will be on Instagram. So if you follow us over on Instagram, uh, our at is just the Geekiverse. Give us a follow there. You'll you'll see a very clear post uh, letting you know that this is the giveaway post. Some very simple instructions for how to enter. Um, and yeah, it's been a lot of fun. We've given away what five shirts so far. It's been awesome. Yeah, yeah, uh, they're they're awesome, man. Like I said, um, awesome organization. Even better people there. So uh, get in the conversation there for sure. 
Uh, let's guys, let's let's rank this. I am very uh, very interested to see Biden? where this goes. I, so I'm not I'm sure. A, I'll. I'm gonna just. I'm gonna just say it. There's nothing to talk about. Yeah. So I was just gonna lead with like, all right, we, we talked about the fact that some of these are gonna get lengthy. You want to just cut to the chase? Is, is there anybody? It's, it's number one. Is there anybody who has a fight who for for it not being number one? Because I sure, I sure don't. No, I'm just kidding. I was gonna say, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's nothing so, to talk about. Avengers is that new number one? It, it, it just goes without saying, man. It, they, they just nailed this movie. They did every. We got everything in those first five movies you got incredible hulk thor captain america iron man one and two we got everything from those movies and more we got the team up it was just like it was perfect there's no way that you get six movies into the mcu and you don't put this as your number one you're crazy i don't i don't trust you if you don't put this as your number one the only move in my opinion um the only movie at the time of release that even rivaled this movie was the dark knight those oh, okay. were the comic gotcha. book movie standards. If you wanted your team up movie, fine, watch Avengers. If you wanted your solo movie, go watch The Dark Knight. But in my opinion, this was this was king for at the time of release of all comic book movies for me personally. Oh, you can definitely make an argument for Dark Knight yeah, to this sure. day. Um, mm-hmm. I just in my kind of affinity for Marvel over the years would probably lean towards this now. Mm-hmm. But in what this did for my love for Marvel and the MCU dark knight did for superhero movies and comics in general mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. so both very very important films with long lasting effects no yeah. doubt for sure so we're we finally our... getting the avengers game yeah all, we... uh, all these years later the game true <laughs> very true uh but for our rankings we're solidified so we've got our first six so uh number one sitting mighty is the avengers number two iron man number three iron man two as we all agree number four captain america the first avenger number five Thor, number six, The Incredible Hulk. This one was short and sweet. This was easy. It's not going to be this easy uh, yeah. for every week, you know? <laughs> Next week. Next week. It's going to be easy. About to get... <laughs> no, it's No. It is, honestly. I don't think so. I think you and I are going to make it pretty easy, and that's just my, <laughs> it's just my guess. Oh, okay. Uh, that's not where I thought you were going with it I, at all. Um, okay. It might I, be easier. Who knows? I thought I, you were going to combat me. No, I, <laughs> I, I, I got to watch him again, but I love Iron Man 3. So we'll we'll, we'll get there when we get there. But uh, <laughs> oh, got to watch John, him again. Oh, you ruined my moment. I was going to lead off the show and be like, I can't wait for the spicy controversy next week on Iron Man 3. Spoiler alert. I love the movie. Uh, I, I get crapped on so much for loving this movie. We will we'll get all into it. We'll get out for Sean. Pick your head up, and you better give it a fair shake because I—that's I? all I'm saying. You better rewatch this movie with a fresh lens, because so I have the same Blu-ray you do, man. Well, I'm you should be watch, right you now. should be watching it in 4K. Don't be don't be silly. Well, I, well, I am. I'm just that's why I've been guiding those Blu-rays and showed them. Well, up. yeah, like, John, I, I, I don't feel like reaching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know my 4K story. Eventually, I'll get there. You'll get there but, eventually. Like, you know, I bought this the day it came out, so yeah. That was that was that was the thing. Great to have. Great um, to have. Dell, we, we don't need Dell for this for this episode. Dell, you watching this? You better be here <laughs> next week. Only it's gonna matter. <laughs> oh. I know it's it's kind of the math is on our side. <laughs> <laughs> I uh I, I'm kind of happy about it. I, I yeah. Who, who knows? Maybe I, maybe really, it won't have the same impression on me as it did last time I watched it last year. We'll see. <laughs> I, I don't think so. I think, Who knows, I think man? Be good. I've been blown away by movies. I mean, like, I, 
I hated Thor the first time I watched it. I had fun with it this time now that I've seen a lot more of those movies. Who knows? Things could change. You're, you're telling me that yeah. you're not going to love Iron Man 3. I'm telling Come you on. I'm not going to spoil next week's episode. <laughs> fine. Yeah, let's okay. leave it at that. We're just going to leave it at that. Leave it at that. Okay, guys. Fine. All right. We're going to wrap this up. Uh, this episode up of the MCU Reviewed. Another fun discussion on such a landmark film. As I mentioned, this was circled on the calendar. We want to hear your thoughts. Leave us some comments. Leave us your notes. I'm telling you, we read them. So especially whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, get in the conversation. We want to have those discussions with you. Um, We're going to go around real quick where we can find everyone on social media. And if there is anything that they would like to plug uh, for their involvement currently in the Geekiverse. John, we'll start with you. Uh, you can find me over on Twitter and Instagram at Disruptoid. Um, as far as far as what I'm up to, man, I'm just hoping people stay up to date with this show because I'm having so much fun with it. I think this is uh, this has been a really cool show for us. I think it's a uh, it's something that it's a it's a commitment. It's 23 weeks until the new movies come out and whatever we do, we do. But um, I'm, I'm glad we did it and I'm having a lot of fun and the engagement's been great too. So I've been really excited about that. I've been hopping in the comments on Facebook and Twitter. So just uh, keep that up. Stay stay excited about the MCU. It is our most uh, highly consistently performing uh, show uh, on YouTube. So we uh, are very appreciative of that with the Geekiverse community. Thank you for tuning in week to week. It's funny. It's it's come. It's become habitual now, right? Like I just I look forward to this discussion every week. Yeah. It's like all right, what's next on my checklist here? And then we, you know I look forward to chatting uh, chatting with you guys, of course. Uh, Rashawn, social media and anything for the Geekiverse. Yeah, man. Uh, you can catch me weekly here on the MCU Review. Just like, you know, couldn't have said it any better with John. Loving this show, man. Having so much fun. Um, we have our bi-weekly uh, gaming uh, show, Geeks Got Game. Catch me bi-weekly there. And we have our monthly uh, Disney Plus podcast where we talk all things Disney Plus. Um, besides the Geekiverse stuff, you can catch me on Twitter and Twitch um, for game streams, Twitter for, you know, just for everything. Uh, True King Zero. Uh, follow me on those. You'll be sure to get some entertainment. I promise. And I don't break promises. Hashtag FedEx. Are you trying to piss me off, man? And, no, anyway, never. Don't make me walk off the episode. I'll just, I'll just get out of here now. <laughs> I mean, I could, just, I could just turn Rashawn's screen off if you want. He <laughs> might, might get clapped out. I don't know. I, could just, I, I would never try to piss you off. Get out of town. Um, <laughs> I am at Josiah D. D. Leroy on social media. You can uh, find me talking about all things video games, Star Wars, Marvel, you name it. If it's pop culture, I'm there. Uh, in terms of promotion, my uh, my friends here told uh, told you about some great things going on at the Geekiverse. You can check out all of our videos at youtube.com slash thegeekiverse on our website at thegeekiverse.com and on most major podcast streaming platforms such as SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and more. Uh, recently, this week, in fact, uh, so by the time you're you're uh, watching or listening to this episode, we recorded a new walking carpet. So if you are interested in Star Wars at all, you will want to join us for our monthly talk show there. This month, we featured uh, a really nice discussion on our top Rise of Skywalker Easter eggs. There are some doozies in there, and there are one or two that uh, my co-host Brian brought up that I had never heard before. So if you want to geek out over that, we'd appreciate that. Uh, I mean, coming along for that journey. And of course, one of my favorite new shows that I'm a part of is DadCast. If you are a video gaming father and you're struggling to figure out 
how to find time, which beverage to drink. Should I have more beer? Should I have more coffee? Should I have both of them? This is the show for you. Uh, Tim and I always have a, a fun time talking about being a dad and finding time to play video games. So we hope you, you join us for that as well. The uh, last plug here, uh, I'm wearing our brand new anniversary t-shirt. Uh, the Geekiverse turned six years old last month. And to commemorate that, we are selling a limited edition shirt at thegeekiverse.storeenvy.com along with over 20 other designs to choose from. It'd mean a lot. Check it out. Uh, we'd, uh, we'd appreciate it if you did. For my boys, for, for John, for Rashawn, and for our wonderful sponsor, Fantastic, I'm Josiah. We will see you next week for... The decisive Iron Man 3. 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 Decisive Iron Man 3.